Welcome to VPG's virtual water cooler chat podcast, where we share lessons and stories of women professionals to help empower other women and expand a greater circle of influence. So we walk our journey with those who understand and appreciate us. On today's virtual water cooler chat, it is our privilege to have Sheena Yap Chan, the author and famous podcast hostess of The Tao of Self-Confidence and chat with Lee Guo. Lee Guo is counsel at Bunso Demori LLP. Lee's practice focuses on intellectual property litigation, including patent, trademark, trade secret, and copyright cases. Lee has a PhD in chemistry and material science. Before becoming a lawyer, she worked as an engineer. Lee frequently speaks and writes about intellectual property issues, and Lee has been actively involved in a number of legal organizations and their committees. Welcome to the virtual water cooler chat, Lee. How are you today? Before I start, I'd love to know, how do you know Ashley? <laughs> Ashley is, uh, you know, like Ashley's company is helping with people in the P-time practice. And uh, I'm like a patent attorney. And that's how we get to know each other. And I, I saw her at the Peter Bar conference a few weeks ago. And uh, Ashley knows a lot of people. <laughs> so. Awesome. That's amazing you guys got to meet in person. Ashley is so amazing. You know, really grateful yes. that we got to connect. You know, she really has a good heart yes. um, to help people out. So, you know, you're in good company. But <laughs> I agree. I'd love to know, you know, especially as an Asian woman, uh, you know, there's not a lot of Asian female lawyers, right? And, you know, family-wise, culturally, it's like we're just told to live one way. But what made you decide to get into patent law? It's uh, it's, it's funny because when I was growing up, I never thought of becoming a lawyer. I don't think I was even aware of what a patent attorney did because I was born in, in China. I came to the U.S. after I got my undergraduate degree in, in Beijing University in China. So I studied chemistry. Like many other students, I came to the U.S. to pursue an advanced degree in chemistry. I got that, so I got a PhD in chemistry. And then I started working at a company in Connecticut. So a few years after that, we decided to move to the D.C. area because my husband got a job at the National Institutes of Health, which is in Bethesda, Maryland, in the D.C. metropolitan area. So when we were moving to the D.C. area, I was like, okay, what kind of job <laughs> can I find? There were not a lot of companies that were hiring people with like my technical background. But by looking around, I realized there are a lot of uh, lawyers in D.C., <laughs> especially patent lawyers, because we have the patent office here. We have uh, several courts here. And I was okay. I was like, that's probably an interesting career path as well. So, you know, let me try to apply to law school. It's a, it's a good idea, but it was also a very expensive idea because <laughs> uh, law schools are expensive. And uh, so all the, I think all the law schools in DC have the option of the, the evening program. So I, so I became an evening law school student while I was still able to work during the daytime to pay for the cost of the law school and uh and after, after i graduated i became a patent attorney so <laughs> it's not something i planned but but but, uh, but I, I like it <laughs> awesome and 
you know, what was your family's reaction when you just when you decided I'm going to be a lawyer? <laughs> you know, I'm going to be a patent no, lawyer. <laughs> no, they were they were surprised. They were like, "Why did you want to go to school again? <laughs> Don't you have a PhD already?" Um, but uh, but they were supportive, like right. The family is always supportive what you wanted to do, but they were not sure whether you know I could find a job after I graduate, whether I would be able to afford law school because it was really expensive. Uh, and we didn't have lawyers in our family or anything, so so it was it was a little risky, and uh, and uh, they they think it's probably a little risky for me to to go to law school, you know, after I. Been out of school and after I've been to like graduate school and all that, but uh, yeah, that, that was part of it. <laughs> That's great. I'm glad you know your family was supportive. I know sometimes our families, when we go out there and try to do something out of the norm, they they they're just worried, right? Because they're not no they don't know what's going on, and so you know they just want to make sure what you're doing makes sense and it's going to help you out. And of course, you know everything. There's always a risk. Right. We we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know if um, it's going to work out or not. But, you know, our culture always teaches us to, you know, have that stable, steady life. But life's chaotic. You know, we have to learn to embrace the unknown and see what happened. Right. Like, you know, you went to a law school and now you're a patent attorney. (laughs) (laughs) I completely agree. Yes. Yes. Well, parents, I think, like you said, the one should have a stable job and then things like that but uh yeah yeah uh and also i was just curious you know uh your name is legal right and i'm yes. always you know when it comes to chinese culture our chinese names always have a hidden meaning to it right um yes and so i was just curious you know what what was the meaning of your name and what makes you Li? so so Li, yeah it's a chinese character as part of the flower it's like the jasmine flower and uh it's when i was born at that time it's like one of the most popular first names in China <laughs> so I think that's how it got picked <laughs> nice and you know what what makes you Lee at you know learning that you know you your name means a, like it's a certain flower yeah because I feel like uh, to me what makes me Lee has more to do with like how I was bring, brought up because uh, my uh, like I was born and I grew up in China. So my parents uh, actually didn't have the chance to get a lot of education. And uh, so we lived like in a village. I mean, I'm always grateful for the like, sacrifice to give us the opportunity to go to school, to go like anywhere we wanted to go, <laughs> like as far as we wanted to go. Uh, so probably because of that, I feel like uh, I'm really lucky to have, you know, the opportunities I have today that not, you know, everybody in the world will have that opportunity, like, for example, my parents. So, so, so comparing to, to that, I feel like with any, you know, challenges we have at work or in life, it's really, you can overcome that. So, so a lot of people will say about me is like, I'm very like a positive and optimistic person. <laughs> I think that uh, probably has a lot to do with like how I grew up. Awesome. Well, thanks for sharing that. I know parents sacrifice a lot to give us a better future, right? And yes, um, you know, we want to make them proud, but at the same time, we also want to do something that's out of the norm, be able to trailblaze, right? And especially 
as an Asian female lawyer, I'm pretty sure you've had your fair share of challenges, right? Not being taken seriously, uh, sometimes maybe even being seen as a secretary. And then when you have a non-English name, it's like, you know, they're not willing to go out there and uh, take the time to pronounce your name properly, even though your name's very easy to pronounce. <laughs> Did you ever come about with those challenges as being an Asian female lawyer? I think like you mentioned, uh, there I'm sure there like are challenges. The so the from my point of view, like do you see like the challenges of being okay an Asian lawyer or maybe like a challenges everybody would have to face? Because I feel like in our career, maybe like everybody we face different kinds of, of challenges and how we uh we we deal with the challenge is probably a more important question. Uh I think as we discussed, probably because you know. In my view, compared with a lot of other people, we already have so much more opportunities. So, so it's like, uh, you know, even if there were challenges, it's like you can always view it in a positive way to us. You know, it becomes motivation, right? Okay, <laughs> how do I become a better lawyer? Or how to come, you know, better serve the clients or uh, get a better prepared for whatever project we are having. So I feel like if I didn't have all the challenges, maybe I wouldn't be where I am today. <laughs> it's it's more important to have view the challenges as like opportunities to learn and grow and uh, challenge ourselves. I love that. It's so true. Sometimes we're given these challenges for a reason, right? It's either a blessing or a lesson. And yes. I think you know the universe or whoever you may believe in, <laughs> <laughs> they know you couldn't handle it and maybe at that moment it may feel like what did I just do you know I'm you know I'm gonna be screwed basically right <laughs> I need to take a step back and realize you know what can I do from here what's the lesson you know what what's the next step right and sometimes we just got to take it one step at a time uh, to figure it out and as women we're very capable of doing that sometimes we just don't see the worth our own worth right so you know low self-confidence is just due to inaction. But when you go out there and take action, you'd be surprised of what you can do. It's not always easy, of course, it's scary. <laughs> nothing, nothing happens if you don't do anything. So thank you so much for that perspective when it comes to challenges. And so Lee, you know, I was just curious, what is your favorite part of being a patent lawyer? It's, uh, it's never boring. <laughs> so for, for patent law, uh, it's it's always very challenging, right? Patents, by the you know, by its definition, are inventions of technology. Uh, one thing is I'm able to use my technical background, but at the same time, I get to learn new technologies because every patent is different. Every patent is unique in its own invention. So you you always learn about the new technologies, new products. At the same time, like law is also very challenging, especially patent law. And there are new you know case law coming out every day, new rules, new practices. So you have to constantly learn about the the law. And the other thing I really like is you meet a lot of people, <laughs> like their clients, their other attorneys, the judges. So you really meet interesting people and very motivated people, very uh, successful people that you can learn a lot from. And I would say like uh, another thing that I like is, because as you mentioned, for Asian women, we usually tend to agree with the people whenever we can, right? We don't challenge people a lot. That's how uh, 
especially for me because I'm a middle child. <laughs> so I agree with people a lot. <laughs> But、uh, if you're a lawyer, it gives you kind of a reason to disagree, to argue, right? To be confrontational sometimes that we don't get to show during our、uh, everyday life. Because、uh, one thing is like you have to because you're advocating for your client. It gives you a very good excuse to to argue, and、uh, and I, I like that part as well. So we have something in common. I am also <laughs> really. <Yes. laughs> we always say the middle child is the best, so I'll agree with that. But I agree with that completely. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah, it's really great to go out there and meet new people, be surrounded by like-minded people. And as Asian women, one thing we lack is learning how to network, right? Because we've never been taught about that. You know, most of the time we're just taught to go to school, get a job, get married, make make some babies, and call it a day, right?、Um, being able、right. to network with other people—that's where you can create strategic business relationships, get referrals, get potential clients, make new relationships. And so you know, it's there's just so many great things about it, and 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 you know, and then makes you grow as a person, as a lawyer. And I love that, right? Like you're able to go out there and meet new people,、uh, get out of your comfort zone because it's not always easy, especially especially if you're like an introvert or you're shy. I mean, it can be nerve wracking, right, to just go up、right. to someone you've never met before and be like, "Hello." <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. So I really love that you know you enjoy all these things because in the end it helps you out as a lawyer as well. And so I, I also found out that、uh, you also love to speak and write about IP law. You know, how did you start that journey? I think it's exact、uh, exactly like what you said. One important reason to start you know, speaking and writing. I only started doing that maybe a few years ago was to network because、uh, if you just you know do your Write your own brief or read your own case. Just read the patents. You don't get to get the chance to meet with other people、uh, very often. And uh, by uh, if you like speak about the law, usually you're on the panel with other speakers and uh, the uh, the organization. So you get to interact with all the speakers to prepare for the for the panel, and that's a good way to、uh, to meet people. And of course, writing you.、Uh, Because for me, usually I would write with like colleagues, and uh, you uh, deal with the publisher, and、uh, also more important, learn about the law, right? <laughs> One way to learn about the law is to write about the law, because then you have to know it really well. You can also use it as an opportunity to reach out to other people. Say, "Hey, I just wrote this article. I just want to share it with you." So, so one important reason is exactly like what you described, Sheena, is to to network, to get to know people, and also at the same time for them to get to know you. Like otherwise, like how do they know? Okay, you know, you know about this area of law, or you, you know, you have spoken on this subject. So when they have future opportunities to present on the subject, then they think of you. Is that like what you mentioned?、Uh, and this way, you can grow your network, right, for future business development. Or people ask you to help with something you don't have the expertise, and if you have, you know, other people in the network, you can refer this to other people. That is, you know, good for your friend as well because then they can reach out to these other people to to get their problem resolved. The other thing is, I think also like you mentioned, is to become more visible. Ah,、uh, because everybody is so busy, right? If they don't see 
your name, showing up, liking articles on panels, they're not going to go Google, okay, hey, who knows about this area of the law? So if they have a question, you know, the first people, a person they think of is, okay, that person has read about this, has spoken about this, so I can maybe you know, reach out to that person to, uh, to get my questions answered. Uh, it's, yeah, networking and uh, business <laughs> visibility. Yeah, and it's a great strategy, of course, right? You're you're also seen as that expert. And when you're seen as an expert, they trust you more. You build credibility, you build that relationship and connection. And when someone is trying to create a patent for their invention, guess who they look for? Lee, right? They're like, oh, yeah, talk to her because she writes and speaks about it. So I'm going to go to her and do that. And being visible isn't easy, you know, especially coming from a culture where we're always seen as invisible and putting yourself out there. I mean, it takes a lot of confidence and courage, right? Even as someone who talks about confidence all day long, it still scares me. It still gives me, gets me super nervous. But I also realize um, it's important, right? Especially, you know, in, in America too, right? You know, Asian women are the least visible. And, you know, with yes. the winds of everything, everywhere, all at once, you know, we need to create that visibility in all areas, not just Hollywood. <laughs> so being able to just spread like wildflower in all other industries so that we can be taken seriously. We're not um, seen by our negative stereotypes. And sometimes it just takes one person like yourself going out there to write and speak about it. And then they see what's possible, right? They're like, oh, she's a patent lawyer. (laughs) So, um, you know, I'm really grateful that you're able to do that because I know that work isn't easy. Um, but it's, it's necessary. Smart. Yeah, it's necessary to show others what's possible. And I, I, yeah. yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I agree. I mean, I, I think like you said at the beginning, it's like, oh, I'm so nervous, right? You know, can I do this? Like to, to present in front of all these other people to talk about the uh, the law, maybe other people know more about. So what I uh, started doing was to uh, kind of volunteer, like, hey, you guys have a committee meeting. You want to hear about this you know, this patent law cases from last month? Usually people would say yes. Like, okay, if you want to present about the case law from last month to other people on the committee, right? Please, yeah, volunteering, started by volunteering. Awesome. Well, thanks for sharing that. So, Leah, you know, I was just curious, do you have any recommendations on how to make the IP and legal space more welcoming for women practitioners with DEI efforts? Yeah, because I feel like one thing is because right now we have, I think we have a lot of actually uh, diverse people in you know leadership positions, right? In the in the IP area, uh, and we have formal like USPTO director. We have a lot of like bar association president. We have like managing partners. A lot of like women partners. Of course, not as many as we would like to have, but we have. A, a good number of them. I think one thing is to make them like more visible, right? To so the other diverse attorneys who just started their career can see these people. I mean, you cannot become what you don't see. So if they can see, okay, you know, these people are just like me and they become so successful, I can do that as well. So one thing is to make them more visible. And because you know, other things include mentoring the uh the diverse attorneys from an early stage of their career, because they may not know like, oh, they could have all these other opportunities to develop their career. And uh, uh, so having, I think this podcast (laughs) is a great thing. Uh, So to make people, to make like young lawyers know that there are a lot of diverse attorneys practicing and uh, 
So they're not alone in this area. But at the same time, I think as diverse attorneys, like they also probably want to take some initiative, initiatives on their own to reach out to other people, right? Because if they see other attorneys, whether they're diverse or not, just reach out, just you know, get advice, ask about how they develop their career. So, so you know, as the community, like IP community, like they're they are doing a lot, but at the same time, I think for for the diverse attorneys or women attorneys, they can also do a lot on their own to uh, advance their career because they can reach out to so many other people, not just diverse people, right? White men as well, because there's a lot of people supporting the diversity initiative. So the more I think they diverse attorneys take initiatives on their own, uh, the more likely they will be uh, very successful in the career. Yeah, for sure. I love that, you know, especially when it's not always easy to reach out right to ask for help, especially culturally, you know, we've been told it's seen as a weakness or we don't want to ask for a handout, but, you know, being able to get real life advice is important so we don't go through the same mistakes that maybe you went through or someone else went through. And so um, just being able to simply ask, you know, who you'd be surprised who says yes. And I always say, if you don't ask, the answer is always no. But um, yes. You'd be surprised how many people say yes. And of course, you know, being able to reach out isn't easy, but, you know, if you really want to make a career out of it and you're really serious about uh, bringing more diverse uh, lawyers or showcasing, you know, mentoring more diverse lawyers, then, you know, we all have to help each other out because in the end, it's a win-win situation, right? Um, it helps you, it helps them. And, you know, then we see more diversity uh, within the law industry, right? When you make up- yes. You know, the law industry, um, women of color, I think, make up in total, maybe if we're lucky, 5%. (laughs) And so this is why each other out, because if not, then the numbers will keep staying the same and it won't change. That's why, you know, this podcast is really important and the work that you're doing is important and what Ashley is doing is important because we do need more diverse lawyers. We do need more diversity, but it also has to start with ourselves. So I love that tip that you mentioned for newbies to just ask to reach out and just ask for sound advice. Um, Because I mean, it's simple, but it's not always easy, but it can help out in the long run. So thanks for sharing that. And for people who are afraid to ask, they should listen to your podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. <laughs> Your podcast, you interview so many successful, diverse people, not only in law, right, in many other areas. So for people, you know, who don't know how to ask, can just listen to your podcast, just learning from, you know, people telling the audience about how they succeeded. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> I mean, it's the main reason why I created it, because representation is so important for me, uh, especially yes. for Asian women, just because we're still seen by our by our negative stereotypes and with the height of the anti-Asian hate crimes, you know, I want us to be seen as strong and not as quiet, submissive and obedient. So I appreciate that. Now, besides speaking, writing and practicing IP law, what do you like to do for fun? <laughs> I have uh, two kids. So they're the fun part. Like one is eight, one is three. So, so other than working, I mean, because they have like school, they have activities. So, so I would spend, you know, the, you can spend as much time as you can with the kids. That's my fun part of the, of the daily life. Awesome. How do you balance it out? You know, being a lawyer, having kids, uh, spending time with your family. Um, like, how do you balance all that? 
it's I mean, it's not easy um especially sometimes if you have if you have a deadline right you, you have to to work on something but at the same time i think uh uh i think like, like someone said the other day they make you you know a, a, a better lawyer because at least uh because because dealing with the kids right you have to be like patient you have to give them guidance you have to control yourself sometimes so you don't yell them <laughs> and uh uh so so for me i feel like i learned a lot from the uh from dealing with my kids uh so i try to usually to balance like you know life and work i try to spend like some time in the morning with them right every morning to spend some time with them because for the evening it's hard to say if you have to you know go somewhere to attend an event or if we have like five in deadline then you probably cannot spend as much time with them in the evening you know the morning i would spend time with them and also over the weekend uh, i would try to take them to the activities and you know whatever they want to do i would try to arrange my schedule around them uh so that's that's how i, I do it <laughs> I know it's not always easy, but as women, we're great problem solvers. You know, we're great. We're 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 able to figure out how to put the pieces of the puzzle together. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so time, time management. Yeah, time management. So time I got management. one question for you, and you know, what are some key lessons that you want to share with our audience? You know, especially in your journey becoming a patent lawyer. Yeah, if you can share some 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 key lessons. Uh, one thing I would say is, uh, don't be afraid. To, to fail right if uh, if there's an opportunity you think you want to do but you are not sure whether you can do it just say yes and figure it out because uh because i always feel like it's better to do it now and fail now and then in the future because the earlier you learn you learn the lesson the better uh so the other thing is I would think is to ask people for advice. Uh, I mean, I wish I had done that sooner, especially at the beginning of the career. I mean, ask people two questions, like how, how do you become so successful in your career, right? How do you achieve what you, you know, are having today? And the other is to ask, uh, how can I become, you know, successful? What's your advice for me to, to become more successful uh, in the area? So, so I would say that's, that's, you know, two important lessons I've learned, you know, just to ask people for advice, for help, and uh, don't be afraid to fail. <laughs> Thank you. I wish I had the first one, don't be afraid to fail, because I mean, especially in our culture, like failure is like the end of all ends, right? <laughs> um, I mean, I failed kindergarten in the Philippines for coloring outside the line, so I always thought, oh my God, <laughs> my life, I was a total failure. You're but, creative, right? Yeah. You're just creative. Yeah, I'm just creative. I just was never meant to color outside inside the lines, right? Right. Um, but if we can just share how failure is just feedback, I mean, every successful person in the world has gone through some form of failure, right, to get to where exactly. they are today. And exactly. I always say failure isn't failure. Failure is just feedback. You just found something that didn't work out, right? It didn't work yes. out. And then you just try something else. If like, you know, um, method 128 didn't work, then you go on to method 129 <laughs> until you hit hit it, right? Especially if it's something that you truly believe in. It's not just going to happen overnight. It's going to take work day in and day out to make it happen. And, um, you know, sometimes I think people don't realize like what it really takes, right? And so if they're aware, like, Yes, being a lawyer is great, but you have to put in the work. You know, being an entrepreneur is great, but 
it's not a walk in the park, right? It's not. (laughs) (laughs) So thanks for sharing those great tips. And if our listeners wanted to get to know a little bit more about you or wanted to, um, you know, hire you as a lawyer, is there any links or social media (laughs) profiles we can connect with? Of course. I'm on social media. I have LinkedIn. And uh, if you search my name, right, uh, first name L-I, last name G-U-O, my firm is sponsored tomorrow. So you can find my profile on the firm's website or you can find my LinkedIn. I'm always happy to connect with people, uh, to talk to people about the career and, and everything. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Lee, for being on the show. It was such an honor for to listen to you and your story. And, you know, the audience is going to love this. So thanks again and have a great day, everyone. Thank you, Shin.